Welcome to The Road Back to You. Looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram, I'm Suzanne Stabile. And I'm Ian Cron. And we're so glad that you're listening today. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about sixes today. Sixes. Yeah, let me uh, start us off with a little info about sixes. Sixes are the people in the world who are um, committed to and make decisions based on the values of the modern era. So you're a little young for having uh, that all on your fingertips. But I grew up during that time in the 50s and 60s where what we valued or what was valued in the culture was education, family, government, church, community. And those are the things that sixes are committed to. Yeah, the the uh, couple of the names that uh, descriptors that people use for sixes, like the guardian, the loyalist, but also devil's advocate and questioner. What's the, how do you sort of delineate the difference, help our folks see that? Well, sixes are the people who ask questions, right. and then they ask some more questions, and then they ask just a few more questions. And one of the things people need to know is they're not questioning you, they're questioning themselves. They're, they doubt themselves, so they're trying to make sure that they're straight on what they need to do and what their responsibility is because they want to be faithful and appropriate and all of that. Yeah, the, uh, if it's helpful for folks, um, fives, sixes, and sevens are in the fear triad. And so the dominant mood, uh, I, like, I like the phrase, the, 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 sort of the, the mood music you know, yeah, that plays in the of background of a, yeah, of, a, of a six's life is fear. But you like to talk about it as anxiety, which I think is great. You want to? Sure. So I, I think fear is there's a tiger in the room right. and he's going to bite you. That's mm-hmm. fear. Anxiety is concern about possible future events. So what if the tiger was in the right, room? Right. What if the tiger at the zoo gets out of the cage? That yeah. kind of stuff. So I think when you are caught in concern about possible future events, you kind of scan the horizon for danger, right. and then you make a plan. So you just mentioned that we're in that fear triad, which is also the mental triad or the thinking center. And what happens in that triad is everybody's trying to manage their fear. Sixes manage their fear with worst case scenario planning. So they plan for the worst that could happen, and then they stay vigilant and prepared for dealing with it. Mm. I can't wait until we're done with all the numbers so we can kind of go around and and talk about the relationship between numbers inside of their triads. You yeah. know, we, we have anger, fear, and shame or feelings, you know, uh, as we could use sort of interchangeably. But I find it so helpful to see the relationship between numbers in each triad to understand who I am and others are in terms of how we, you know, do anger management, fear management, and shame, shame. and feeling management. Yeah. So the last thing I'd say about uh, sixes today is this. A few years ago, uh, in the kiosks in department stores around Christmas time, there was a game that everybody was selling, and it was worst-case scenario right. game. And I remember walking through a department store, and people were stopped saying, who would buy this game? And as I walked by them, I said, Enneagram sixes would. And when I tell that story, when I'm teaching on the road, there's always one or two sixes who pop up and say, that is a great game, and everybody should have it. That's great. 
So today we have a six on board with us. We do. And she's a remarkable human being, Sarah the Barge. She's fantastic, gentle and strong. Yep, right. Author, blogger, speaker, wonderful book, Invisible Girls, and a great, great person to hear live. Yeah, I'm so glad she's joining yeah. us. Let's bring her on. Okay. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to our podcast. Ian and I are really excited that you agreed to talk with us today for our listeners. We're talking to sarahthebarge.com, or actually just Sarah. <laughs> because that would be a very be a fascinating first and last name, wouldn't it? Yeah. I can do it. <laughs> so, Sarah, you're the author of Invisible Girls, and, uh, you know, the way I would like to start talking with you maybe is to say that, as I understand you, you're the author of this part of your life, and you seem to be making such good choices could you just give us a little overview of who you are and how you got where you are, and then we'll kind of fall into Enneagram talk. Sure. Yes. Well, my story, kind of the, the path that I'm on starts when I was 27 years old and I was in grad school. I'd done a master's in medical science and I was doing a master's in journalism. And then I was diagnosed with breast cancer. My whole world fell apart. I ended up selling everything I had. I got a one-way ticket to Portland, Oregon, basically because it was as far away as I could get from Connecticut without dropping into the ocean. And then I just started over. And in Portland, I met a Somali refugee family, and I ended up becoming really close to them. And I wrote a book called The Invisible Girls. And so it's a book that weaves their story together with mine. And it's a book about redemption, how we find redemption in the most unexpected places and times. And then also the proceeds from the book go into a college fund for these five little Somali girls. And right now I'm on a 20 college speaking tour, getting to tell the story. And also I advocate for children with Compassion International. Oh, I love all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too. It's a great adventure. It sure is. It sure is. I, I say I'm a nomad. So 18 months ago, I, I, again, downsized everything, set off on this travel adventure. And I say that I'm a nomad. And some one man came up to me and he said, you call yourself a nomad, but basically you're homeless. And I was like, well, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So, so Sarah, you know, we, um, we're, our hope is to talk to folks about life through the lens of the Enneagram. And maybe one of the places we can start with you is to ask how you were introduced to this, this yes. instrument, this tool. Well, I, I thought the Enneagram at this point is called the Wuss. It's kind of, I think it's like good question. And so there, like everybody camps out and there's, you have campfires at night and you talk with other people. And so when I was at Wild Goose and I was sitting around the campfire with people and they were talking about the Enneagram and I thought, well, I've, I'd never heard of that word before. I would never heard of that idea before. I've taken all the personality tests there are. And I thought, well, I haven't tried that one. And so I went home and I found a free site online and I took it and I started reading about myself and it it explained myself to me in a way that I never heard before. Isn't it interesting how you recognize yourself when you once it's all put together for you? So when um, it explained 
yourself to you, did you feel like both comforted and just a little uncomfortable? Yes. Well, here's the thing about the Enneagram. It doesn't, it does not just tell you who you are. It also tells you who you could be. I love mm. that answer, girl. That's exactly that's great. right. Right, right, right. Yes. And that's why I think it's, that's what sets it apart from all of the other personality tests out there is that it doesn't just tell you who you are. It, sets a, it has a vision of who you could be as your best self. And so what I realized when I took it was that I realized the good things about me and why I'm compassionate and empathetic and helpful. And then I also realized why I'm especially under stress, why I can be neurotic and. and <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, All right. So tell everybody uh, who's listening to us what your number is and yeah. um, something that you think is uh, hard about being your number. Yes. Mine, I'm a six. And the nicknames for the six are the loyalist or the yeah. help. And so I'm empathetic. I'm compassionate. I connect with other people. And I have a seven wing, which makes me the extroverted version of mm -hmm. so I'm the adventurer, which kind of explains why I'm doing this 18-month tour all around the world. And and the the reason the thing that's hard about the six is that connection with other people is everything to me. Like you can take anything away, but if you take a relationship away, it basically destroys me. Mm. It, I feel like I walk around the world wearing my heart on my sleeve and my heart gets broken really easily. If I'm correct about your story, um, is it true that when you felt like everything was taken away from you, mm -hmm. you uh, you made new connections? You decided to go to a new place yeah. and make new connections. Yeah. So I have a hard time leaving other people. For instance, I tend to stay in relationships long after I know that it's not good for me. Right. So painful to leave. But what happened when I was going through cancer is that the relationships got taken away from me. It wasn't by my choice. So I had a good friend who died of cancer, the guy that I'd been dating for three years and was about to get engaged to, he broke up with me when I was on chemo. My good friends moved out of state. And so these relationships that I probably wouldn't have had the courage to leave got taken away. Mm. And up in Portland. And, and had no other choice but to try to find new connections. Oh, I, and um, how did being a six help you with that? Oh, I love people. I love children. And so I saw this little three-year-old Somali girl on the train in Portland, and she was falling asleep while she was standing up. And she was standing up because she couldn't find a seat. And so... It was just natural to open my arms and invite her to sit in my lap. And so I held her while she slept. And that began the conversation with her mom. And then because I am a helper, because I'm empathetic, I got her number. I went to check on them, found that they were on the verge of freezing and starving to death in America. And it just 
helping other people does not feel like a sacrifice to me. It just feels like what I'm made to do. And so I loved every second of helping this refugee family get set up to not only survive, but to get, to begin to thrive in their life, America. Mm. So Sarah, one of the things I, uh, one of the phrases or sentences you used that I just stuck out at me was um, that your story is a, a bit about what it was like for you going through the experience of the wheels falling off the train of your life and how, you know, your story can help others trying to figure out what to do when the wheels fall off of their lives, which is inevitable, right, in life. And, you know, for, for sixes, that's a, um, a difficult journey. I, I'd like to hear about your thoughts about what happens to sixes when, you know, life becomes turbulent and unsteady. And, and what's that experience like for you? Oh, it was so painful. It was so hard. One of the struggles for a six is to find courage. Mm-hmm. Not come easily and it does not come naturally. It's easy to depend on the relationships and depend on constructs. And so when all of that gets taken away, it's incredibly frightening and it's completely disorienting. Mm. I realized, you know, in that metaphor of the wheels coming off the train is that you know, when your train breaks down, you can sit inside of it forever and stay stuck, or you can get really angry and kick the wheel and try to get the train to work again, or you can set off on a new adventure and blaze your own trail. And that's eventually what I started to do. But I think, I don't I can t- take credit for that. I feel like it was just an enormous amount of grace and having all the options taken away. And so that was my choice was to, to blaze a new trail, which was my life in Portland, my new life in Portland. I think um, one of the things that's interesting to me is that sometimes I feel like sixes on the Enneagram are kind of invisible. There are sixes everywhere, and they're the people who hold all of our communities and all of our groups together. And it's interesting to me that the name of your book is Invisible Girls. Yes. Do you ever feel invisible as a six? Yes. Because, partly because it feels familiar and comfortable to get lost in other people. And then partly because it's hard to find courage sometimes. It's difficult to stand up for myself. And what I realized as I was writing this book, I I called the book, The Invisible Girls, because that was my nickname for the Somali girls. And what I realized as I was writing it was that the reason why I was so connected with them was because I was an invisible girl too. Exactly. And so it became a journey of finding my voice, both metaphorically and literally, because I grew up in a church where it's incredibly conservative and women were literally told to be silent. And so the journey became finding my voice and learning how to speak up for myself and also how to speak up on behalf of other invisible people. Okay, that's about as beautiful a description of a healthy six as I've I've heard. I mean, I was just thinking about how one of the labels or descriptors we use for for sixes is is the guardian. Mm. You sound like a real, not just a loyalist, but a real guardian. 
I, I want to circle back just a, a moment to what you were saying about growing up in a, a very conservative faith environment and the impact that had on your life. And I'm, I'm curious always to ask people how they integrated the Enneagram into their own faith journey or experience and how it's uh, accelerated or advanced, you know, progress on the journey and just how they've kind of worked that out. Yes. I feel like I've learned that verse in Corinthians where it says, I will glory in my weakness for when I am weak, God is strong. Mm, yep. That's just I, perfect. For sixes. Yes. So I learned to embrace, to identify and embrace my weaknesses and then trust God to show up in those places and be strong both with and for me. And I've also read the Bible through the lens of being a six. It's funny to me because the people that God picks to use often are so afraid. Like Moses stutters and he's afraid to speak in public. He's like, no, God, don't choose me. And God finds, um, I think it's Joshua, like hiding on the, in the threshing floor and, and God has to tell him over and over and over again, be strong, have courage. And you just kind of look through the scriptures, and I feel like there's a lot of sixes. <laughs> mm, absolutely. Yes, there are. So, Sarah, we're going to, um, we hope, be doing this podcast for a long time. And uh, would you be willing to come back and talk with us sometime in the future about um, more of your journey and more about sixness? Because it would be so great if you would do that. Yes, it would. Love to. All right, everybody, sarahthebarge.com, Invisible Girls. Be sure you check out both. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, thanks for having me. Bye. See you later. Wow. You know, uh, if if we keep um, having folks like Sarah, we're not going to have to work very hard. Oh, my gosh. I mean, they're so articulate. And what was the, I mean, I was incredibly moved in a number of places, particularly as she was talking about reading the Bible through the lens of the Enneagram, you know, which isn't to say it's like the complete, you know, only way, but, you know, just to put those glasses on and to look back and realize, oh, Moses has had a personality through which he saw the world and fearful and how God met him yep. in his, you know, the, and the, you know, when, when I am weak, God is strong. I mean, come on. I, um, I always find limitations hard, but boy, I could have just kept on and kept on. One thing I've always said while I was teaching is um, I will never be able to speak for any number, no matter how much I learn, as well as they speak for themselves. There, there are all those nuances that are so perfectly said, and people can't find those words except for their own Enneagram number. I agree. And you know what? And maybe because I, I tend to be this way anyhow, but I, if I can see the person or hear their voice, it's in the nuance of how they look, the way they, their body language is, their, the way they emphasize different things in speech, that I also, too, begin to pick up um, uh, a little of the resonance of who they are in terms of personality. And um, that just increases the more I know the Enneagram. But gosh, she was just... I mean, anyway, Invisible Girls, great book, right. sarahthebarge.com. Can't wait to have her back on. Me too. You know, one of the things, too, that I was very impressed with is we both teach that uh, sixes are looking for courage and what they need right. is faith. And she articulated that 
perfectly because she did some very courageous things, but she did them because she was faith-filled and faithful to herself. You know, sometimes we get lost in just trying to be faithful to other people or faithful to God. She was really faithful to herself. You know, the other thing I would say is that, you know, the need of the six is to feel secure. Right. Right. And this is an example of where, uh, you know, knowing your number is not an excuse to, to remain, you know, just to sort of resign yourself to, I will always, you know, feel unsafe in the world and whatever. You know, she she kind of pushed up against into her growth place. You know, it's like, okay, so I have this need to feel secure, but I, I can't be limited by that. And that's the beauty of the Enneagram. Once you know the things that are self-limiting or self-defeating, you can intentionally begin to say, I need to step out and do what is not you know, normative to me. And because I know that now, I'm ready to go. Yeah. Part of my language, as you well know, is I talk about uh, we all need to set the table for things, set the table for people. And um, you do that really well when you set the stage for people that you invite to perform where you are, to share what they have. But one of the things that um, I would take from what she said is that God set the stage for her. She's saying God took these things and opened the door for these things. Mm. And I I like that whole understanding because I like the idea of God being hospitable. Yes. And again, interesting thema- theme that has come up a couple of times with people is is grace. Yeah. You know, and I I find that fantastic and and you know, I this may sound I don't think we can say this enough, right? Which is good luck changing yourself, right? You need a community of people, but most of all, you really need God's grace and strength to illuminate and and embolden you and empower you to deal with your weaknesses. Well, and the truth of the Enneagram is, and she said it really well, is that it shows you exactly where your weaknesses are, and then it shows you exactly how to strengthen them, Mm. and it's all in the same place. Right. I, I... I don't think we can say enough about how courageous sixes are. They just don't know it. Yeah. It's courageous to show up every day and do your part. Yeah. To be one of the group and not be the star, to do all of the things that sixes do with such humility. So we have a bunch of great people coming up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Every single week, uh, we've now, you know, got six numbers down, and uh, we're going to. Uh, have a bunch of really incredible people coming up. Let's not give away names. We can just tell you that it's going to be extraordinary. Yeah, you want to listen. You do. Bye. See you later. You've been listening to The Road Back to You, looking at life through the lens of the Enneagram. Produced by Jim Chafee, engineered by Brad Bass. Our theme music is provided by the band Waterdeep from their album, Moment written by Lori Chaffer. Please visit our website, www.theroadbacktoyou.com, for news, more podcasts, and information on our public appearances around the country. And you can pre-order our book, The Road Back to You, an Enneagram journey to self-discovery at amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. We hope you'll join us next week when our guest is Hunter Mobley. He's a two on the Enneagram. He's the executive pastor at Christ Church in Nashville, And he's an attorney who teaches at Belmont University. It'll be a good show. Join us.